Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So today's the feast day of St. Polycarp. Uh, he was the apostle, he was the student of John the Apostle, uh, which is pretty extraordinary, right? According to tradition, John the Apostle lived to his old age in uh, dying on the island of Patmos in exile. The other apostles, they all basically died martyrs' deaths. So anyway, yeah, Polycarp was the student of John, which is, like I said, pretty extraordinary when you think John's the one who rested his head on Jesus' heart at the Last Supper. John was the one who, I mean, he witnessed the transfiguration. He was the first to recognize the risen Christ, and Polycarp was his student. And, and tradition has it that St. Irenaeus was Polycarp's student. And, and, I mean, all of these church fathers, their pedigrees, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And what they've given to the church in terms of their theology and writing is still just so pertinent, so influential today. Um, he died a martyr's death, and it was... Uh, pretty brutal. He died on a, uh, a pyre. They, they tied him down to a pyre. I'm not going to talk about that today. What I want to talk about, um, I want to draw our attention to the gospel. I want to draw our attention to the gospel. Polycarp would want that. So we're going to draw our attention to the gospel. This dynamic that we see at play in the gospel here between the apostles uh, and Jesus, in particular John, right? John, who was the teacher of Polycarp. John, who was noticing that there's, there's these other people driving out demons in Jesus' name, and he's feeling a little bit of, like, tension in this. Should we stop them? They're not following us, right? You can hear in John's question this whole us versus them dynamic, this whole who's in, who's out, right? Shouldn't we stop them because they're not following us, right? I've probably mentioned this before at other homilies at some point, but uh, there, was a, there was a period of time in my life, especially my early years of seminary, when I went through a very intense uh, like apologetics phase, let's call it that, where I was studying apologetics really intensely because I was really, this was like the combative spirit of my soul. I was just like, give me a Protestant to debate. I'll, I'll debate him, Lord. All right. Give me a Mormon to convert. Give me a Jehovah's Witness ringing at my door. I just want to debate them. I knew all the theology I wanted to debate, right? It was very much us versus them, in versus out. I'm right, they're wrong, all of those things. I was reminiscing on that uh, recently um, in light of this gospel because I was just recently flying back from uh, a conference and I was sitting next to this guy who was, uh, he was in med school and he was visiting a residency program and Anyway, we got to talking, and in the midst of the conversation, found out that he was a Mormon sitting next to me on a plane. And I, like, I was thinking, there was a certain point where I was thinking, oh my gosh, I would have killed for this opportunity in my first few years in the seminary. <laughs> but we had an awesome conversation. You know, I told, I mean, I, I, I came clean. I told him I was a priest. And, uh, the, it was a wonderful conversation. We talked about culture. We talked about politics. We talked about, you know, policy decisions. We talked about values. We talked about family. You know, he was a guy my age, and he, him and his wife, they'd been married already like 10 or 11 years. They had like five kids. I was like, good for you, right? That's pretty incredible. And we talked about family. We talked about marriage. We talked about religious liberty. We talked about so much that we had in common. It was, it was wonderful. It was really, really great. Okay, let me tie all this up. Like, Jesus' response to John 
in this gospel, whoever's not against us is for us. It reminds me so much of the wisdom my parents used to tell me growing up, especially when it came to things that made me upset. They would say all the time, you got to pick your battles. You got to pick, pick your battles because there are, there are real battles that are coming, right? There are real battles in this world that we're living in. You and I both know it, the culture that we're swimming in, like the culture war that is around us, it's a real battle. It is a real, real battle. And we need allies. And we have so much more in common with those others. We have so much more in common with the people that I would have given anything to debate and destroy in my early years in seminary, right? The people that I would have labeled as other, those are our allies in so many ways. Like the guy sitting next to me on the plane, I think he's extraordinarily wrong on many things theologically. So wrong in so many ways. But he's also so right in so many ways, right? All those things that we had in common, we need allies in all of this that's coming ahead, right? Peter Kreeft, who's that great philosopher at Boston College, he says, when a madman is at the door, warring brothers reconcile. When a madman is at the door, warring brothers reconcile. For whoever is not against us is for us. Amen.